So learning objective six, part two, this is where we now look at resourcing and the acquiring of those resources, so procurement. So we talked about scheduling, and it's great to produce the wonderful schedule. You can use the software, we can put many colors on it, but the schedule can only be completed if we've got the right number of resources. If we lack resources, then the timescales are, are just irrelevant. So very important that we don't just treat scheduling on its own and forget resource management. The two really fit together. So we're gonna look at um, a couple of options for optimizing resources. And we're gonna just look at the term procurement and uh, where that fits into the project. So a simple diagram here. Um, I'm gonna call this a histogram, a diagram showing a Gantt chart or a schedule in the top, and in the bottom, a profile of the resources. So on the Gantt chart, we put some numbers, and those numbers represent the number of people working in that period of time. So all we've done at the bottom of the diagram is we built up a stacked histogram to show the profile of resources that are used. So that's a really helpful diagram because it tells us at any particular slice through time how many resources, and if we were a bit more sophisticated, we could put on the different types of resources that we need to deliver the project. Um, so there's, again, a process or a number of steps that we could follow here uh, to, to ensure that we do, we do things consistently and progressively. So first of all, we allocate the resources, allocation. So this is about estimating um, how many resources we need to do a particular task. We could use the responsibility, responsibility assignment matrix. Remember that was the, uh, the combined uh, matrix of the organization breakdown structure and the work breakdown structure. And we could use the RACI code to help us there if we wanted to. But, but mainly we allocate the resources um, against the tasks. Then we put the resources onto the task, so we summarize the resources using the resource histogram. So we, we paste our resources onto our bars in our, in our Gantt chart, and we create that profile. But then, of course, we look at it and we realize that perhaps what we've got in theory is never going to happen in practice. It might be that we need there's peaks and troughs, and we just can't accommodate that profile that we've created of resourcing. So this is now where we optimize things. We look at it and say, now what can I do? Can I move things around? Can I create a more even uh, profile? Do I need to get more resources in? And there are two terms that we're gonna use here, resource leveling and resource smoothing. So if we look at these two terms, and we look at it in the context of, a, of the histogram we saw earlier. I've given you the histogram here, but what we've put on there is the line that shows our fixed resources. So we only have this number of resources, but at certain periods in the project, we need more to complete the schedule. So the question is, what are we gonna do? So, if we are resource leveling, if we're using resource leveling, sometimes known as a resource limited, it means that we might need more time because our resources are fixed. We have no more resource. Therefore, uh, unless we can use the float to move things around, 
to bring our resource levels down on those peaks, we may need to extend time, either activities or the overall duration of the project. Now, obviously, if that isn't available to us, then we may have to um, take the agile approach where we reduce the scope. But resource leveling is, is that there are no more resources. Therefore, I have to level my resources down to within the ones I've got. And that, of course, may mean using up more time. And of course, it, it, it sends us back to a fundamental question, doesn't it? Which is more important to us, uh, time or resource? You know, does time matter that much? Does it matter if I go three months or six weeks late? Um, but if I have no more resources, then I may be forced to expend the time. Resource smoothing, on the other hand, is where we have the other constraint. In other words, we have no more time. Um, somebody once said to me, the way to remember this is that you haven't got time uh, for breakfast in the morning, have a smoothie. Now, I'm not sure that's the, the greatest way of remembering it, but I've kind of linked those two words in my head. And whenever I think of resource smoothing, I think of a smoothie drink. And that, I suppose that helps me to remember the difference between the two. But this is where you have no more time. Time is fixed. Therefore, if you have to deliver all of the scope, we're not going to adjust the scope, we need to adjust the resource levels. We need to buy in more resources. So it could be that we get the team to work overtime. It could be we buy in contractors, but we have to increase resource levels if we have a fixed amount of work to do and we have no more time. So if we're delivering uh, something akin to the Olympics, um, it, it's just not possible to go and ask for more time. So we need to throw more resources at it. Now, obviously, one way to get more resources is to go to the procurement department and buy in some services or resources. And remember, by the way, when we talked about resources, we've kind of assumed that it's people. But of course, resources could be machinery, um, could be consumables, could be facilities, as well as individual human beings. So resources could be much more. But the same principle applies. So how do we get our goods and services? The answer is we procure them, normally through a contract. And that normally needs specialised support. So many organisations would have a, a dedicated procurement department who would ensure that all the legal things are done properly. However, project managers need to interface with procurement and should understand the principles um, of procurement. And the project manager may also drive the procurement strategy for some projects. So rather than let the procurement department de de decide the strategy, um, the project manager needs to have some influence there because it's going to affect the way the project is delivered and ultimately the success for which the PM is accountable. So we may need to go to a contractor or we may need to go to an internal department. But either way, we've got to get our resources. Um, some of those might be standard off-the-shelf items, consumables, things like that, higher equipment. Others might be, um, you know, uh, bespoke products that we have to get manufactured. But either way, we need to make sure that we know what we're doing here because we're onto legal territory and, uh, and this can cost us dearly if we get this wrong. So one of the things to help us to ensure that we don't get things wrong and we proceed in the right way is to develop something called a procurement uh, strategy. 
Um, often this will be documented in the project management plan, and it might be called the resource management plan or the procurement management plan. Um, and the kind of things that will be in the uh, procurement strategy would be, well, what's our approach to getting the services? Do we make them or buy them? Do we buy in the bits and we make it ourselves or do we contract it out completely? Are we going to approach this project from a point of view of standard off-the-shelf items, very low risk, or bespoke things, higher risk? But of course, if we're trying to beat our opposition, if we're trying to get ahead of the game, if we're trying to get commercial advantage, then it may be innovation means that we've got to manufacture things ourselves. Um, in terms of suppliers, do we want to employ a single contractor who looks after all of the procurement for us and all of the supply chain, or do we want to engage individual contractors and manage them ourselves? How do we go about finding our suppliers? Do we go out to competitive tendering for everything? And if we do, what is the process for that? So all this would be addressed within the procurement strategy. Now, a lot of this stuff will be also driven by policy, um, organisational policy, but the procurement strategy should reference that. Um, what kind of um, relationships do we want with our contractors? Do we want a very transactional kind of, you know, we place a contract uh, they, and an order with them, they deliver it and it gets delivered and that's the end of it? Or are we looking for lasting relationships, a collaborative approach, a partnering type of arrangements? So again, this can really affect the way people work um, and the incentives that are there. Um, what about the conditions and forms of contract? What types of contracts are we going to put in place? What's the wording of those contracts? What does the small print say? And then what about pricing the work? Is it a lump sum, fixed price? Is it cost plus? Are we going to price up units? So we've got a, a kind of a unit pricing approach. Um, do we do milestone payments? Do we have a target price contract where we all try to reach the target and if we beat the target, we the contractor makes a little bit more money and if they fail the target, make a bit less? Um, all these things are things that would vary depending on the organisation and the project, but things that should be thought about before we start going out and engaging with suppliers. You know, we plan time, we plan cost, we should be planning communication, we need to plan procurement. So um, you've got so far in your reading, um, if you are um, pursuing the exam, then what I'd suggest you do now is have a look at some more uh, PFQ questions and um, look at the ones that relate to the topics you've covered so far and attempt those and market yourself and see how you're getting on.